0: Yeah, yeah, I brought something for you a second.
1: What?
2: No! <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hurdy-Gurdy Café, an hour of interviews, music, and camaraderie. I'm Ryan, and I'll be your host along this crazy adventure through the land of the wheel fiddle. So strap in, and let's see what's cranking in the hurdy-gurdy community today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Hurdy-Gurdy Cafe podcast. I'm here once again with Sergio Gonzalez. Hello, everybody. And we've got our very special guest, Asana, from the Netherlands, who is um, doing a tune project, a Dutch tune project. And your company called Holland History, is that correct?
1: yes yes okay. that's correct
2: okay
1: i uh do stuff with uh history history and music so uh that's also where my hurdy-gurdy comes in and this year i do a project where i um upload i record and upload a tune uh from uh, the dutch folk tradition every week so that's going to be 15 total
2: Okay, and we're going to kick off the uh, this podcast with one of those tunes. And what's that tune called again?
1: It's called "Sintunesports," and yeah, it's
3: from
2: uh, Nold. Yeah. Let's take a listen and see how it goes, and then we'll come back and start talking the song. so welcome back everyone that was a great tune Um, it was nice yeah Mm -hmm. do you have anything you'd like to say about that i know you had some stories for some of these topics
1: yeah this uh it is um well it is from a collection called oude en nieuwe hollandse boerenliedjes en contredansen which is a quite big name (laughs) (laughs) yeah it means old and new um dutch um Farmer songs and country dances, and is mm-hmm. is a collection that was uh, printed between 1700 and 1716, and it has almost a thousand tunes. And this is one of my favorites from it because it is actually a jig, mm-hmm. so it's uh, very cool, mm-hmm. up tempo. And um, uh, I haven't been playing hurdy gurdy for that long yet, uh, so this was actually the first time i recorded with a three coupe. So okay.
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> so
1: I, I was uh, I was quite pleased with how it turned out. It's not perfect yet, but uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool tune.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us a little bit. Uh, how did you get involved uh, with the with the Hardy Gardy? How did you start?
1: Well, um, I actually have been uh, smitten, totally in love with the Hurtigurdy for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the first time that I ran into it was with Faun, with Elisabeth Pavelka. Mm -hmm. And I remember like buying a CD, I think it was 2003 or something, so it's... Yeah, like 15, 16, 17 years ago, I saw a hoodie Um I had a couple of run ins with that. I bought my own hoodie goodie shaped object. I Whoa. figured out that it did not work. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a, that is a funny story. I don't have it here anymore, but um, uh, I found uh, something uh, for 100, I think it was 150 euros. On Marktplatz, which is like the Dutch version of eBay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was nice, and the lady delivered it to my house, and uh, it came with uh, very, very torturously tight uh, steel guitar strings. That should have been okay. my first hint. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think um, back then there was uh, a Luthier, not a good Luthier, but another instrument maker. She was in the city near me, and I think I went there a couple of times and joined an instrument building course, and I tried to get it to work, and I sunk a lot of money in it, and it never did anything more than... I think it's on the wall of my dad's office right now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so... um, I tried to go that route, it didn't work. Um, and then uh, almost four years ago, my dad, he was like, hey, let's go to a gurdy course.
0: Okay. I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> with, with, with the Hurtigurdi project, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. The, no, with, uh, we went to uh, the Dutch Gurdy and Bagpipe Foundation and ah, did okay. like a, a legit lesson with good rental instruments and uh, he is the one who really supported and uh, encouraged me to keep going and uh, like uh, the the year after we went to Laon continue oh.
0: <laughs> okay uh, can you can you uh, explain a little bit uh, what is that uh, foundation that you have in 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 the Netherlands because I know that uh, many many people that are uh, hearing us maybe maybe don't so
1: yeah it's uh, it's super cool it's actually they organize almost all the lessons in one village over so I can literally yeah. step on my bike to go to a lesson <laughs> and uh, it's a foundation I think they started somewhere in the 80s and uh, you can take lessons there uh, courses workshops they have all these different things they get uh teachers uh from uh, all over Europe to teach uh things and um, you can take takehood goodie and bagpipe lessons but uh, they also have these weekends where they do other stuff like playing together um um i think an accordion um I don't know what you call uh, what do you call it um uh, ensemble ensemble uh lessons Uh And uh, composing group
2: lessons—is that what you?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Most most of it, uh, it's it's all in a group format. And uh, I did three courses there, and I am right now I am uh, freewheeling on my own. So uh, (laughs) yeah, I owe a lot to them. It's it's I'm very very happy that they are here, and I think I feel very privileged that uh, I could have those lessons and that they're so close to me. So So it's pretty cool.
2: what was your first real hurdy-gurdy then? How did that work out?
1: My first real hurdy-gurdy was uh, the uh, rental. Uh, I had another one for this, uh, I, I think on uh, the first day I tried one out for the day. That was Denise's. Oh, and yeah, yeah, one of us. Uh, very pretty and nice, Siora. And the first real hurdy-gurdy was a Feen- Got you Phoenix, was a rental. And I played on that for almost a year. And then uh, on Lausanne Continue, um, we uh, ordered my huddy-gurdy from Chris Allen and Sabina. And they actually lent me one of their instruments, which was a very pretty symphony. And I played on that for about a year and a half until mine was finished, which is...
0: Bravo. Okay, you you were very lucky. I was excited. rentals uh,
1: yeah yeah i i was extremely lucky (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah i feel very fortunate so uh, so
2: you and jimmy are what do you you and jimmy is he part of your project like uh, or is he just someone that you hang out with and you make videos with
1: uh i do a lot of work with jimmy uh-huh. so um, a, a large part of what I do, which doesn 't really work right now with the entire COVID situation, but uh, when there 's a historical event, then uh, people can book us for to make historical music uh, so in the right theme so for Roman uh, Roman, Roman events, we show up in Roman outfits with the right instruments and medieval events. We do a lot, most of it, what we do is Roman and early medieval, so Viking stuff and et cetera. So I do a lot of uh, work with Jimmy. Jimmy and I, we met working at the Archeon, which is an uh, open-air museum, archaeological open-air museum. We uh, That is where we met Jimmy and I, we've known each other for about 10 years now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what do we talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. so hmm,
2: are there a lot of Viking hurdy gerties?
0: <laughs> okay, no, please, Oh, no, 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 no,
1: I can tell you about my first time at La Son
0: continue. Uh, uh, at uh, La Son continue. Can we can we explain maybe what the what La Son continue is? Uh, I know most of the people that is hearing us will know, but uh, this oh, leçon continue. They heard gurdy, right?
1: It is the best thing ever. I had no idea. I had no clue what was happening to me it, like the first time I get there.
0: Gurdy porn everywhere. You can. <laughs> oh so, yes. Lots of different uh, it, instruments it, it, from your. Top makers, you're like, oh, let me try this, let me try that. It's amazing. It, yeah.
1: it is like a a a, a cross between a playground and heaven for a folk musician. Okay. Like first of all, it is ridiculously cheap. <laughs> like really, I don't know how they do it. It's like four days of festival and you play like pay like fifty five euros with camping. With camping.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: I don't. I don't know. But you come in there, and then there's this big instrument market with, like, loads of different beautiful instruments with the luthiers there, and you can have a talk with them, you can try everything, and there are musicians everywhere, and there are sessions that are popping up, like, (laughs) left and right, so... uh, yeah, it's just super, super fun, and it is a great opportunity to to try loads of different stuff and, and compare them with each other. It's like everybody's like, if you ever have an opportunity to go there, go there, because you're never going to get a better chance to just really compare stuff and go like, oh, I like that. Oh, no, that's not really my thing. I can imagine, it's like, in your case, Brian, if you're in in the United States, it's a lot more difficult uh, to really, uh, yeah, get a good grasp of what you like in a hurdy-gurdy. Oh, because they're uh, all so different.
2: Well, and there's there's nothing going on here in the United States. I mean, no one has hurdy-gurdies except for people spread out over hundreds of miles and thousands of miles. And so, you know, if you get a hurdy-gurdy here, you kind of just got to hope that you're getting a good one and then... You've got no nothing to compare it to either because there's no one around <laughs> you
0: say this yeah. you say this because uh because are so big because you know on the on the on the hardy census that, that that we did we found out that there are actually a lot of hardy players in in the states oh really uh, yet,
1: yeah uh, you didn't see
0: that, <laughs> I, saw that. <laughs> yeah. I saw that yeah
2: i saw that where is the well, okay this is on your site where you've got all the little pins ups, on my right?
0: site yes just go to sanfoneando.com and there's the, the Hardigardi census there and okay. uh, wow uh, I, I I was shocked actually because um, yeah there is this 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 thing of no no one plays the Hardigardi in uh, in the states but then you see all the markers there and you go oh, okay wow well, yes. I
2: mean, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out because, you know, for example, the one thing that we do have here in the States is it's the Indiana, there's an Indiana workshop that's supposed, supposed to have happened next month, but it's not going to, which I was wanting to go to. Um, but only it looked like only 15 to 20 people show up to that thing. So if there's so many of them, there's got to be a way to get them all together somehow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's mostly like the network isn't really there. Because a couple of times I saw a comment from somebody, oh yeah, I just started to play the hurdy-gurdy and I don't know anybody. Is there anybody? And then they are in LA uh-huh. which is literally okay. the best place yes. in the entire United exactly. States because exactly. Scott Gaiman is there and <laughs> ah, Taylor R- is there yes. and,
0: and Curtis Merrick is there. <laughs> Actually, in LA I, oh, wow, I think <clears throat> I think LA there are more goodies than in Spain maybe because those, those <laughs> yes those two huge yes. collections oh my god I love oh, it oh yeah so it's like
1: like Curtis and Scott Gaiman put together think? <laughs> yes,
2: yes yes yes, it's, it's like yeah, yeah. it's still thousands oh. of uh, thousands of miles away from me <laughs> I'm on the other yeah, side yeah, of the country
1: so <laughs> nice. yeah it is it's so big <laughs> yeah. well if you if you ever get a chance to come to La Son Continue like really I can I can recommend it okay. because it is uh, it, it is really cool and Yes, such, or you can just go to LA and and uh, just.
2: Uh, well, I think go I'd rather, and <laughs> I see Scots. I think. Well, I'd like to go to LA too, but I think I'd rather go, you know, across the ocean and make it kind of a little bit of an adventure. It seems like a thing that, that you should have an adventure <laughs> doing. Yes, yeah, it's,
1: yeah it's, it's like literally in central France, like in the countryside, and uh,
0: it's very beautiful, Berry. Right? Oh beautiful. yeah, oh, the weather.
1: Cool. And and it's a French festival, and, like, the French, they don't f*** around with festivals. It's like you're not getting sticky fries and warm beer. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, what if you yeah. don't speak French? Because I actually don't.
1: <laughs> I would just say it's like, make sure you don't have to go to the first aid post.
2: Okay. Because they like, won't speak English... To- <laughs> or they don't.
1: It's a, it's an insurance thing. It's okay. it's an insurance thing in France. So it's like like, I the ones I've seen don't really speak English. Um, but it's an insurance thing. So if you you can get a scratch, and there are like seven people swarming you and filling out insurance forms, and yeah. It's very intimidating, so don't go. <laughs> there. Well,
2: uh, well, I won't, I won't. I won't plan on going there. But when does this usually happen? How long do I have to learn a little bit of French?
1: Sorry. When,
2: when when what date does this usually happen? Is it usually the same time every year?
1: Yeah, so yes. it's uh, the weekend of Bastille Day, so like exactly. uh, the fourteenth of July.
2: Okay. All right. Great. Sounds yeah. good. Well, before we go any further, when I said something about Viking headdresses, you all freaked out. <laughs> So <laughs> I have got a feeling there aren't any Viking hernie gerties because I've done my history no. on Vikings, <laughs> but I wanna know why you I wanna know why you had that reaction.
1: <laughs> why I had that uh, well
2: <laughs> I wanna know why Sergio had that reaction now.
1: Well <laughs> well you have to fact PC on your arms, so know, yes. <laughs> you start. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. One two. <laughs> It's 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 okay. The, I have this reaction because it's what, what we were talking about on the on the first uh, podcast or the second one. I, I forgot which one was it, but uh, it's this thing of, of um, using the Hardy Gardia as a prop. As a prop, For you know I me, mean? okay. this is the yes yes yes. Same thing with the with the pirate uh, Hardy Gardia. I mean. Viking hardy Gardy pirates, uh, I mean, I'm okay with the fantasy thing, but uh, it's very hard to see a, a well-played uh, hardy Gardy in that world, at, at least in my opinion. I don't know what yeah. you think, Sona, but uh, that, that was why my reaction was like this, because uh, you, you get to see these, these guys like the, the um, how, how is he called, the, the, the guy from uh, Black Sails. You oh. know? Yeah, yeah Bear, McCreary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bear
1: McCreary. Yes. Bear Bear McCreary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's cringy when you see uh, him talking about the the instrument and Mm -hmm. using them in in biking, uh, video games and and pirate movies and so on. But Mm. he's using it as as a a sound effect, not as how the instrument is uh, supposed to sound. So this contributes a lot to the thing I keep repeating and repeating and repeating, this instrument sounds like a giant cat. No, it's just that you are using it wrong or you are yeah. using it as some sort of a rustic and rusty uh, oh, yeah. sound effect, you know. Right. And this is... <laughs> <laughs>
2: well okay so so i'm going to take it just a little bit further and i know this might be the 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 dumb portion of the podcast but forgive me i'm just going to go a little bit further with it so i like to play the game dungeons and dragons are you familiar with that game yeah okay so sometimes the bards in this game think that they're going to carry around a hurdy-gurdy with them on all these adventures (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, the hurdy-gurdy is so finicky. I mean, I have to, like, humidify a particular room in my house so it stays the same. And the reason I I thought about the whole Viking thing is because I can't really imagine taking an instrument like that on long voyages. It seems like it would just kind of, like, fall apart or explode or something. Is this true, or is this just a weird idea in my own mind?
0: This is interesting, because uh, if I think it that way... Mm, oh, uh, now I'm blocked because I don't know uh, how to say this in English. <laughs> My English broke now. But uh, we have something in Spain called Camino de Santiago, which is a. Uh, yeah. The, are you familiar with that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, how how would you say that in English, Camino de Santiago? Uh, I think I would say it just like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, in in uh, you know, I I I think there are some. Uh, he, I, Okay, I'm talking about this with, with, without even knowing if, if this is true or not, but I think there are some historical facts that uh, point that the hardy-gurdy was spread all around uh, Europe with these uh, kinds of uh, peregrinations and, and so on. So you made me think about that. Not sure about that, but you made me think about that. So, so,
2: so hardy-gurdies are actually, or should be, or in the past they were, more durable than maybe what we have today, or is Probably that... not. <laughs> Probably not? Okay. (laughs) What do you think, Sona, about it? Do you understand what I'm getting at here with how, when I think about taking them out in the weather and in the environment and traveling around with them, it seems like it would be a lot of work. Mm
1: -hmm. I I think as far as I know, the um, the current design is about 255 years old. It was um, quite refined, I think somewhere in around 1700s. I don't really know, but it was a French instrument maker who quite who refined it to the the traditional instrument that we know now. I don't want to get too deep into that because I'm not I'm not quite sure actually uh, about the details. I'm a bit fuzzy on that. Um, but but to come back to the, the entire Viking thing. Um, the, the entire tradition and the history, it's very obvious to us because we are in uh, the community and we're in the scene and we are uh, surrounded by the people who know and who have learned about it and we're learning about it. But uh, it's easy to forget, like, for... Um, although people outside of that, it's, it's still a complete mystery. And it, it is such a weird, odd, fantastical instrument... And it speaks to the imagina- imagination, uh, both in in looks and design, as a, and also in the sound. Is that f- I I suppose that for a lot of people it can be whatever they want it to be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because so so they they fill it in in a way that that um, yeah speaks to their own imagination, and that's I think that's where the entire Viking and pirate thing comes from
4: right
1: and it doesn't exactly have to be based on on uh any sort of history or reality but that's that's what uh it does to the for them so
0: right and sometimes it's nice but uh sometimes it also spreads a wrong idea about the,
1: the yeah sometimes there's a, there's this, this yeah, yeah go there there's this very, very uh like um idea that that uh things that um that historical things were bad because if you um people don't tend to realize that people like 500 or a thousand years ago were exactly the same as we are right now today so, uh, yeah, people tend to think it's like the, that history is this linear, like zzzz, progress, and we are here, and everything that that comes before that wasn't as good. But, uh, like, even a, a thousand years ago, people liked to listen to nice music and they liked to make themselves uh, beautiful and they liked, um to entertain themselves and it's all the same so it, i have the idea that that people tend to project that uh notion of uh yeah we have we are the peak of progress right now and i like to project that on their idea of history so um but what was i saying <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> somehow we were talking about vikings and dungeons and dragons and then it all went down yeah
1: <laughs> yeah but but like if you if you think about that then uh it it, it um if you think about that idea that uh like uh, oh now we are at the peak of progress and it used to be worse and this is an old-timey in- instrument then for some people it is easier to accept a bad like, why well, it sounds bad. That was right. my point. I see. I see. Like, yeah. because yeah. that fits in their frame of reference mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, somehow. It's it's also, it's like... Oh, um, okay. There are hold on. Very, is,
2: is, is, do I get what you're saying here? Is that... So, for example, thinking of this whole Viking thing and pirate bit... Since it sounds bad, at least, or it's not quite played well in those kind of situations, we're just assuming that's how it was played then, because yeah. it's old.
1: <laughs> it, is, it is also, um, it has a bit to do with, um, there are these old records you have this old project uh, like where with music scientists going to old people and asking them to sing old songs that they learned and there's a beautiful old project here in the the the, um, uh, co- the the Foundation for Dutch Culture and Language, but you have that also in Spain and in Hungary I think, uh, mm-hmm. where they and France, where they talk to old people, he plays old songs and I think there are these records with Hurtie Gurdies, like really that sound horrible, like mm-hmm. screechy and creaky and old, but and they think like, oh, okay, that's how that used to sound. But uh, not, not realizing that those instruments were probably like sitting in an attic for the past 40 years and they haven't been touched
2: well, I mean, that, that's in the a meantime. Really, that's a really good point because uh, there's a, a radio station here, the National Public Radio, and sometimes they play uh, recordings from old-time musicians here in the States. Uh, so like old time fiddlers and the same thing, they, they're, they're recordings and they, they sent to me, I'm not, an old, I'm not a fan of old time personally, but to me, they sound screechy, they sound out of tune, like the person can't intonate it.
1: Yeah, we're not going to know how it sounded on like well-used, well-adjusted, well-taken-care-of instruments if by, played by a musician at its
0: peak. Right,
1: because it wasn't recorded in that time. But mm-hmm. so, but um, yeah. Well,
0: then, then, you, then you see a, a 1700s restored instrument sounding very beautiful, like a lute, or you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Right. That one of those instruments uh, on that podcast we did with Scott wasn't that like an old eighteen hundreds? Uh, the first lute back that he showed us. Do, do you remember,
0: Sergio? Uh, no, it was f- actually from this. St- 70s, I think. Okay, I think so it, it was wasn't that old. Some Palmer, but um, okay. yeah. when we talk to uh, Scott Gaiman, uh, I'm sure he will show us some real nice oldies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, s-
2: speaking of, well, before we, before we go on, Sergio, hold that thought because we've got another tune that we need to, uh, to listen to. And uh, which tune is this, Sana? Not the Toby Miller one, the, the second one of yours in the woods, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a tune that I am playing with uh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Hellinga, also known as Electrofold. He is my best friend and an awesome player. And I do the singing there. It is a medieval song. It's called uh, Het viel eens hemels And it is from uh, the Antwerp uh, songbook, which okay. is uh, a, a um, songbook from the 16th century. Excellent. And uh, I do the singing and Jimmy does the hitty-gitty. So.
2: Let's, let's have a listen and then we'll return with questions and thoughts from Sergio. All right, here we go.
3: It fell in heaven's <laughs> dawn of my love, Kein. I'm geen a sweet ze staat in my heart. She keeps me to be saved. Welk is zo zeer doorwond Och mocht ik troost ontvangen Zo waar ik gans gezond
2: That was a wonderful tune performed by uh, Sona and uh, Jimmy, and um, now we're going to move into the hurdy gurdy talk of our podcast. And take it away, Sergio.
0: Yes, um, I know Sona really likes uh, to think about technique, about the good posture. And yes, we, because we talk a lot, and we cringe and freak out together when when we see uh, players like playing like this or like that, or because. You know, as a teacher myself, it's it's like ah pain here, pain here, tension there, tension there, and I yeah, I'm really nervous <laughs> when I see when I see people playing like that because they, they are they will hurt themselves if they not if they uh, don't have yeah. a, a good posture. So I don't know, Sona, uh, what can you tell us uh, about the, what is a good posture? And I really want to hear from you. What is a T-Rex hand? uh well actually
1: yeah i myself i i am not a teacher um i've been playing for almost four years now but uh i have kind of like uh some issues i have like super flexible fingers (laughs) see that (laughs) that is also why i wear splints on my pinky uh um, yeah it's it's i collapse in this uh this joint And uh, so my fingers are not very strong. And this helps me to not like... I I don't have to use my hand as a counterweight. So this helps me get good technique and have all sorts of back problems.
4: Mm.
1: So uh, that's, yeah, why I've been quite interested in uh, getting a good posture and good technique. And also because, um, yeah, I just... I. I am one of those people's, like, when I learn something, I don't um, just do it. I really have to understand, like, the fine details of it, like, everything, how it works and where it starts and where it ends. So, uh, yeah, that got me quite interested. But the T-Rex hand, yeah, you see that? Like the dinosaur? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And it is basically, let me see if I can adjust. when people play like this.
2: Okay. Yes, I've been guilty of that. (laughs)
0: Tension here, tension here, tension there. I'm I'm very concerned also about the posture and things because I, I also have my fingers really f***ed <laughs> up. <laughs> I have yeah. tenosynovitis uh, everywhere, and uh, yes, I have to re- really, really, really be super careful with my posture and, and things. Yeah, and we don't want you to develop this kind of problem, so that's why we are uh, trying. No, to f-
1: this. like really, don't get any physical problems. It's like it's, it sucks. It's like <laughs> oh man, I've had hernia, and uh, I actually. Um, i've tore uh the tfcc in my wrists so i have crooked wrists now <laughs> please don't do that
2: this is from the Lady but... Gurdy.
1: no no that's okay. from a fall down the stairs but it didn't okay. for playing the Lady <laughs> Gurdy. but um <laughs> with with the the left arm it's like um it makes sense like you don't um to keep the wrist straight you have to like lift up the shoulder which is it feels a bit awkward in the beginning but um i think it's really about optimal function because if you like take your hand and you have your wrist straight and you wriggle it like that it feels good but if you drop it you're going to feel some resistance Mm -hmm. you feel that
2: yeah
1: and this 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 is nice
2: Hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Let me let me get a, a gallery view so we can all we all need to do that at the same time.
1: So, yeah, so this so, is good. Okay. Oh.
2: So this is good.
0: Yeah, and, is if draw,
1: yeah and if you yeah, if you move it around and you can move. feel oh,
0: you mean here,
1: okay. Yeah, and then you can feel where your <laughs> fingers sense? function like
2: I feel like I've got the wrong hand up. In, no, I've got you, the right hand up. Yeah, yeah, it's the left hand.
1: <laughs> yes, you it's could, left. You can feel why your fingers function the best. And it's because, yeah, the carpal tunnel, um, you actually don't really have any muscles in your hand. It's like, it is all controlled from here. And this is very narrow space here. Mm-hmm. And if you put your hand like this, you're going to constrict that. And it's going to annoy all the tendons and nerves mm-hmm. that run through that. So... I know so it's hard in the beginning, but it's really important to not do this when you're playing.
2: But, but, but okay, so I'm glad we're talking about this because I've been thinking about this a lot. <clears throat> so when I see people playing and uh, they don't have, when they've got their wrists straight, it does look like their shoulder is up and over like this. And it, it, I wish I had my gritty with me. One day I leave it at home. But anyway, when, when I imagine that, it seems like it's going to put a lot of tension up in here. So are we just like sort of switching one thing for another or is there a particular way that you hold it such that your, soldier, your shoulder is just right and your wrist is, is good? You understand the question?
0: Yes. Elbow points down. Well, not, not down like this, but it's point, not pointing up. This is one of the most important things, at least from my perspective. So okay. Elbow points down and if, if your elbow is pointing down, then you don't have any, any tension here on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And the thing- tension when you go extreme like this and extreme like this. But if Yeah, relaxed. On the but other. that it's but important that. to relax us, uh, that
1: shoulder. What I do at times is just to um, is to to uh, to turn a bit like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the left shoulder is a bit to the front.
2: Well, how does and how how does Jimmy do it? Cause I'm looking at how both you and Sergio are holding your, your hurdy gurdies and you're holding it kind of at a little bit of an angle. But for example, like when I've seen Jimmy, maybe I need to pay a little more attention to his videos or the Russian fellow Andre, they have their hurdy gurdy straight up, which I, which I've experimented with. And when you do that, it makes it seem like you have to do a little more of, of this. Do you follow what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I follow. I think, I think the best answer is just to, um, Find what is comfortable for your body.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly, and it also depends a lot, a real, really, really a lot on the shape and on the size of your instrument. You are not holding a lute bag the same as a flat bag, okay. and you are not holding a, 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 a four hundred and twenty millimeters instrument like a three forty-five. No, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit different. But yeah, like Sona says, it's just being comfortable and if you feel tension it's not normal Mm
4: -hmm. so
0: don't think it's normal no 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 (laughs) if you feel tension here 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 there 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 it's just that you are doing something wrong so take your time And
1: uh, yeah, and it's very yeah, important yeah. to it's very important to be really precise about it because there are so many re- really really repetitive movements. It's like when you talk about the right hand, there is like a world of difference between
0: this and this. Oh, oh. this is a wrist killer. Really, really. I'm yeah. super picky this, with my students and, this. And, this, and also with this.
1: Yeah. Because when you, when you look at, like, imagine with the fork loop is a movement that's going forward. So, and that movement comes from the shoulder. It's like you start in the shoulder, you push it forward. But if you have an angle here at the wrist, like, one, your timing is going to be off. And two, you're going to put all this extra tension here. Just try, I mean, pushing forward with a straight wrist and then try it with an angle. And you can feel all the extra tension here.
4: Yeah, right. yeah it's terrible.
1: And it's very minor with uh, something like a coupe, But if you do it 10,000 times, it's going to...
2: Right. Yeah.
1: F*** you up. <laughs> i don't know if i'm allowed to say that well it's,
2: it's it's the third time we've said it today so it's okay <laughs> Really?
0: yes i swear a lot i'm spanish so.
2: <laughs> it, you know on youtube i wonder if I, it asks you uh is this made for kids so i wonder now if i have to check no
0: <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> also another, another thing that we uh, can talk about is um, how to align the instrument because i see yeah. people that are playing like
1: this. It makes sense. It's like with a guitar, like you wanted to put it in the middle of your lap. No, no, no. <laughs> don't put it in the middle of your lap. It's exactly. like you align it with the knob.
2: Well, how I, I, about, so you, got, you guys are bringing up a lot of good points. And I'm, for me, it's a personal thing because I'm working all this out myself. But could you maybe just like start at the beginning and say, all right, this is how we first do it, and then kind okay. of take us through that. Would that be all right?
0: Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, but from, from the very, 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 very beginning, we have yeah. to talk about, at first, uh, the strap. Because when I get uh, some, someone that really doesn't know anything about uh, the instrument, and, and is uh, on, on his or her first lesson, uh, they come without strap, they put the strap over the shoulder, they do uh, really Uh, quite a lot of crazy things. So, Mm -hmm. first thing, I take the first thing. Sona, you take the second one. First thing, your strap goes all around your back like this and comes here. So, it has to be tight enough so the instrument doesn't move a lot while you play. Because I also see uh, some guys that, you know, they have this very, very uh, long strap and, and it's like they are not strapped. The instrument moves a lot when, when they play. So this is my first point. Go you with the second one, <laughs> Yeah
1: Yeah, once you have it on your lap, and then you have to look at where the knob is. I'm sitting next to a thing, so it's, I have to turn a little bit. Look at where the knob is. You're going to grab the knob uh, like this. You're gonna make this little pistol with your hand and the knob goes right there. And then you fold that one around those ones around and you kind of want to think about it as like you're holding a little bird you don't want it to get away but you don't want to squeeze it
0: to death
2: yeah so sergio's got the. the, the, say something sergio so your video pops up
0: oh yes yeah Uh, oh hello hello this (laughs) yes there you go (laughs) this this and that and you want to have some air like like this yeah not not super tight because that will create tension here you don't want it
1: Mm-hmm. And you want to align it with your shoulder, so it's like your your shoulder is going to be on the same line as your elbow, it's going to be on the same line as your wrist, and on the same line as the knob. You have to think of your right arm kind of like an engine piston. And you want your shoulder to be relaxed, so it can just, like, move. Relax. Looks relaxed. I, yeah, and I'm a bit pear-shaped, so it's gone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Sergio is going to look a lot better like from the book. But.
2: <laughs> and, and those of you at home who are listening, you can actually find the video of this uh, in the little link in the, the description of the podcast. So we're talking about it, but you can find the video too. All right, Sergio, you're at number three.
0: Um. Okay, there are big... There could be lots of number threes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I.
1: Yeah. I know something. Do not put your thumb on the key, the lid of the key box, because mm. that is something that I also see frequently: is people. Oh, like that. Play nice. everything like that. Now, yeah, sometimes like
2: they
0: lean on the on the some, thumb, right? It's not
1: sometimes this is going to make sense but don't do this any all the time or grabbing the key box like this you're not going to be able to slide
0: <laughs> so okay, another thing that I see quite a lot if I can still uh, the moment just, just uh, yeah. quick. if another uh, thing that I see a lot is uh, with with super beginners that, that, that are on, on my lessons is this when they go up uh, they don't um, they don't uh, move the hand on the on the lip but they do tilt like this eh? Mm -hmm. this is terrible also eh? when they go to the second position of the scale they they would go like this and then when they go to the high register it's super extreme and they go like that the elbow is 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 bad tension here tension here tension there so slide always slide the hand over there uh, over the lid, it's important. Okay, so that's that's four. Yes.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm keeping track so that when we when we post this, we can have like the top ten ways to best wear your hurdy gurdy okay. or something like that.
0: So we need six more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would say, and I would say, it's like uh, angle it in a way that it feels comfortable to you. Um, like you're gonna want the uh, keys to fall back, so you don't want to put it flat on your lap. But um, for some people, they like it to have it a bit more straight, and other people like to put it more in a 45-degree angle. That's something you just have to figure out for yourself, like what feels the most comfortable.
0: And this is what Ryan was uh, saying about Andre Vinogradov And, and I, I don't know if he, he said also something about Jimmy. But,
2: uh, I don't know if Jimmy does it or not. I, I didn't pay that much attention, but I know Andre really has a...
0: Yeah, de- depending on, on, on the situation and also on the instrument, uh, like, yeah. So probably you, you, could, obviously you can play like this, but I don't find this very comfortable, even with a flat back, because you are creating extreme angles uh, here. So I don't think this is the best uh, position to play. You can, but you can, uh, build up yeah.
1: I think what's really interesting when you think about uh, the the model, and I think also about the model from uh, Sobral, is that they are like, I think they're very ergonomic. Uh, they seem yes. to be a bit more narrow towards the key box. Mm. And uh, the shape, you, know, you mean the the um, uh, sp- kind of like the spade shape, is naturally is going to angle the key box a bit down and a bit towards you. It's very clever because that way you're going to have a very natural.
0: It's nice. Like, I, I have the fifth or the sixth one. Uh, do you keep track of this? I I don't know where we are, but uh, I think I think we're on
2: six. But if not, we'll okay, say six. six.
0: Please, don't do this. No, please, don't do that. Remember what Sona told you, the pistol thing, because we see quite a lot of these. We also see quite a lot of of these, like very... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this is, okay, I, I get this. On, on avant-garde and contemporary music, if you are super experienced or, or you really want to create an effect, you can, yeah, you can do this if you like, but... Uh, but it's it's not something that is going on uh, constantly, right? right? This 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 thing, because you are also de- developing tension, and tension, tension. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a yeah. It's a, it's again what I said with the carpal tunnel, and if you put too much pressure on that, you don't want to do that constantly. And I, I understand it's hard because you have all you uh, you're starting all that movements from your shoulder, and they have to be very precise. It's like learning how to write, <laughs> mm-hmm. basically. But don't do the whipping cream thing. You're, you're, yeah, and, you're, and you're, you're. And those you're people at home,
2: you're, what you're, what you're showing is, it's just or listening. Uh, you're just grabbing the the, the the handle with the tips of your fingers instead mm. of with the wholeness of your hand, right?
0: But it's yeah. tip of fingers plus a uh, ninety degrees angle here. Plus the angle. Okay, again, the T Rex. Uh, this is the crazy thing because if you do this, okay, it's not as bad, uh-huh. but if you do that, ooh yeah it already hurts (laughs) so basically summarizing uh, tension on the shoulders not a good thing tension on the uh, wrists not a good thing tension here on the on the fingers not a good thing tension on the uh, elbows Uh, if you don't uh, have any tension you will play a lot better you will learn faster and you will get uh, everything to work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, please watch out your. I, th- I think, yeah, I think in general it's just very good
1: to be uh, like aware of your body and what your what your body is doing and how it is feeling. <laughs> and that can be very confusing. Like uh, I think, like it 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 goes for a lot of instruments maybe every instrument but Mm. because you're doing a lot of stuff at the same time and you're listening and you're trying to do a a, a new motion that is weird but yeah just take your time and take it one step at a time and just listen to your body
2: well okay so do you guys did you have one more thing or other things you wanted to go in because i've got some questions about the trumpet and and the how you do it with your hand Can we jump into that Uh, for a minute? Okay. Yeah, sure. So anyway, for years, I have not tried to do much with the trumpet, which is why I'm terrible at it. But I've decided to commit to trying to get better. And uh, I had a lesson with Steve Tyler. And he gave me a bunch of um, uh, different ways to do it. But I don't have the muscle memory. And I don't have, I just don't have the muscle memory yet to do it, how he's trying to do it so i noticed over the days that i've been practicing uh, multiple times a day I'm, I'm definitely starting to get strain uh in my hand and so i'm wondering is that me just getting more muscle memory like i'm like when you work out or is it just i'm not doing it right
0: <laughs> if I, you have pain yes go, go on sorry.
1: i i would say option two
2: okay just not because doing it right.
1: Yeah, I also remember, like, I I struggled with the trumpet for a very, very, very long time. It took me about two years okay. <laughs> to get uh, to Coup de Quatre. And I know it really tenses up your hand, but um, really the motion, uh, if you do it precisely, is is very relaxed and very small. Mm. If okay. your trumpet is regulated, yeah, like, adjusted correctly... Uh, it is a very small motion, but do you practice on tempo or do you practice slowly?
2: Uh, I've been practicing with a metronome because he, he, he gave me a few different exercises and one is kind of slow, but then, uh, we started doing, uh, the, the three pattern and he encouraged me to play a lot faster to get used to doing that. Um, so that's a lot different than what I would normally do. Um, so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of doing back and forth between the two.
0: Okay. And uh, when you play uh, the trumpet, do you feel this do you feel this uh, that this this, this uh, part of your of your arm gets stiff a little bit? it's
2: more it's more up in my wrist because I've always tried to keep keep it kind of loose, like you said have air in there, a little bit of a basket.
0: But yeah, air here, instead in of your palm, but not here on your okay. wrist.
2: Ah. Okay. So keep the wrist straight the wrist
0: should be like a piece yeah. on a steam train 100%. Okay. So because it, 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 this this may be because you you get these these hits like chun, Yes. Chun, chun, chun. And when when you play the the trumpet so your arm may be a little bit like like this and right. it should be more It also really
1: pays to uh, like uh, play in front of a mirror or uh, just what I did is uh, make a slow motion video of myself trumpeting and seeing what I was doing and that is such a good tool just to really figure out what's going on because it's so fast and then it are such small complicated movements so
2: that's a great idea has anyone done that yet i mean have you guys someone's done the the, the slow motion
0: bit yeah yeah i when 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 sona started it everybody everybody posted uh, different uh, slow motion videos and we analyzed each other and uh, (laughs) nigel also it was yeah there's a topic somewhere in the
1: community
2: with a lot of slow
1: motion videos yeah
2: okay i must have been late on that because i don't i remember seeing i remember watching a video with nigel and he's just cranking through all kinds of stuff and i'm thinking that's great but (laughs) (laughs) i'm not quite sure exactly what you're doing where
1: (laughs) yeah nigel's technique is so interesting because he made a slow motion video and on his two, he actually the does one, the right? 2 coupe, yeah, by hooking his thumb around the knob and pulling it back.
4: Huh.
1: It's very interesting and looked awesome. Yeah, I can't do that because I have this really, really tiny thumb. But
2: <laughs> Well, so, so, so to summarize the, uh, the right hand uh, when you're doing um, uh, the trunk pet, what You know, you've got the right position, but when it comes to ergonomics and body mechanics, can you summarize what a person needs to really pay attention to? And just one of you go first.
1: (laughs) I would say keep the wrist straight. Okay. And what really was important for me, uh, for me personally, is to practice really slowly and get the position right. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I uh, used the trick with um, getting, uh, putting a card around my axle and sitting next to a mirror. I actually have it here. Let me just grab it. I have a card like this. And this is, I take my crank off and put this around my axle. And then I would sit next to a mirror. And then um, make sure it just had that visual feedback to make sure I get the position is right. And then I put the trumpet very, very hot, like, uh, so I have to move very slowly and then get comfortable with just making this really tiny, relaxed movements on the right position. And it took me like 20 minutes, and then I was playing four, and then okay. slowly speed it up. That is something that worked for me, like, personally. Some people are more comfortable with doing it at a rhythm and getting and, into the rhythm, but...
2: And when you say, you, no, I get the idea, when you say you made the the, the trumpet hot, it means you, you, tightened up, uh, you, you tightened up the string so you barely had to touch it and it yeah. would buzz. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just so the, the, it was just an, a, a hair from buzzing all the time.
2: Right.
1: So you know you have to move very slowly and then get that very tiny movement and tiny buzz in, and then what? What was great for me is that I started with a really relaxed hand because my hands cramp up if I have to think about too much.
4: Right.
1: So and then I get, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get it all in the right place. So. Very hot, and then very tiny movements, and get them all in the right place, and go like, okay, this is how it's supposed to feel, and when you're comfortable, and then you take a little bit of tension off, and then you have to go a bit faster to get the same mm-hmm. buzz, and you take another bit of off, and practice it like that. That is uh, that that was my
0: method. Okay. How about you, Sergio? Also, also, watch your your rosin level when you are practicing uh, coups at first? Like difficult cups uh, for you, uh, threes, fours, six, whatever. Uh, what's your rosin levels? If you don't have enough rosin, it's going to be difficult. So always hot tiran, a lot of rosin. Eh? Okay. And then yeah, it will be easier at first. Even if, if even if it's too much rosin for your for your chanters, but mm-hmm. uh, it's worth it. Eh? It's worth it like uh, that. And also another thing that I uh, tell to to my students is like. When you are first learning the coupe, I advise probably to keep the, the lines you are drawing with with the coupe. keep them as straight as possible. This uh, helped me quite a lot because I see people that is trying to to, to draw curves eh? like these too so when, when they are when they are playing the coups. and this is also affecting your your wrist and it's building up yeah. so if you, if you draw if you think about what what the what are the lines you are drawing with your moves they are straight straight because the circle it's automatic you don't need to draw it you don't need to do this because you fucked up your position in a second so (laughs) just
1: uh, visualize the square right (laughs) or or the triangle like if you visualize that you're gonna Mm -hmm. be fine
2: Got it. Okay. Well, good. Um, what well, any other thoughts on T-Rex Hand or how to wear your hurdy-gurdy best before we wrap up our time together today?
0: I think it's time for Toby, maybe, or what? Okay. But <laughs> you were but to it, see something, Sonna. No.
2: But Toby comes
1: with, it comes with a story.
2: Yes. First <laughs> first, tell us what this track is, and then tell us your story.
1: Yeah, it's uh, from uh, Ensemble Danguy which is uh, the ensemble from Toby Miller. And uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the story. When I was at uh, Le Song Continu in 2017... I think so, yeah. It was 2017. I was there with my family, and we were picking out a hoody-goody, and Jimmy was there also, and he gave me great help. And there were other people who were there to advise me, a couple of uh, my Goody teachers, uh, which is great, by the way. It's like another nice piece of info to drop is, like, listen to your teachers and (laughs) listen to people who know better because... um, yeah, you're not going to regret that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, um, I uh, we were browsing the stalls and we came up to um, Chris Allen's stall and I saw this one. Well, another version of this. It was like, oh, it's really small.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I always thought of, no, I mean, the big Alto goodies. But it's really small, but it is cute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. And then, oh, I loved it. <laughs> it was especially it's like because Chris makes the lightest keys like of, of anybody. They are super, super light and easy to play, which is very nice with my fingers. So, uh, yeah, this one turned out to be it. Uh, we placed our order, and um, a, a little later on the day, there was this girl who showed up at the stall, like, curly hair, glasses. <laughs> Jimmy was talking to her. Like, oh, that, that is a really nice instrument. You should try it. Like, really? Really? Oh, okay. I'm going to give it a go. And she started playing. And I just, well, I was <laughs> shocked and, awe, and I started videoing her. <laughs> so it's this video. And she was playing this La Fürstenberg. And I had no idea what she was, uh, who she was, and I was videoing her and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And she's <laughs> really good. Wow. <laughs> and it was really special for me. It's like this was the hoodie gurdy I just ordered and uh, then seeing it in the hands of somebody who was that good. And I videoed her. Wow, this is amazing. That really, uh, uh, that really uh, confirmed my choice. And uh, the, later on, she moved on, and Jim was like, "Do you know who that was?" Like hmm. "No." Yeah it was Toby Miller. <laughs> 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 do,
2: you, do you have that video?
1: I do have that video, but afterwards I thought, like, okay, like, videoing her without asking was maybe a bit rude. So oh, I've I've kept the video for myself, but I, I did, yeah, went back to it a couple of times while I was waiting and uh, to have a look because uh, it was uh, a much better listen than my own uh, yeah. <laughs> stumbling about
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: on an instrument. So. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, she was playing La Furstenberg, and uh, I really loved the piece. Actually, I it, what's funny is because that piece was also, I think it came from the folk tradition. And um, I found it in a couple of manuscripts, because I go through all those Dutch manuscripts, and l- like a complete... N- stupid nerd, I messaged Toby. It's like, oh, guess what I found? And she was really nice about it, but she totally knew it's like those uh, (laughs) that it came up quite frequently, but she was really nice about it, and I figured it out later, and I felt like a complete... (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's
2: <to me. laughs> the way it goes sometimes <laughs> yeah
1: but, but she is she is an amazing amazing player and, a, and a, an amazing nice person and mm. uh yeah i have very fond memories of that festival and uh, just hearing her play that piece well on the gertie i just ordered so that's why i wanted to
2: share it excellent well, I want to thank you both for being here again. Sergio, always wonderful to have you. Sana, hopefully you'll, you'll show up more often. It's really wonderful to have you two to talk to. So thank you for being thank
1: here. You. Thank you so much for having me. It was really incredible.
2: And we'll close out with uh, Toby Miller. So here we go.